It is Tuesday, March 20th, 2018. My name's Anthony, and I'm here with Michael, and this is Time Lapse, the podcast where cars and watches are the focus, but tangents are often the reality. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. We are back. Back after a long break. Not really. It felt long. A week and a couple days. It felt long. It was longer than normal. We got stuff to do on the weekend. Yeah, we're busy. Busy guys. Busy bees. Buzz, buzz. Uh, If you can hear us more clearly or more loudly, we won't know until... We've adjusted something. We have adjusted something. So if we're too loud and we're obnoxious, then I guess that's our own fault. But um, hopefully we're a little bit more clear, a little bit more crisp. Mm-hmm, Shout out mm-hmm. to Audio Technica for just making Audio Technica. Sorry for making great quality products. I know Mikey, you agree with that 100. percent That's if you agree that this this sounds good. If not, then then no. never mind. Uh, yeah, but uh, thank you for joining us on our uh, special Tuesday edition. Uh, we both have been wired at work all day. You know, just getting in in yep. sweet anticipation of this of uh, this podcast recording. Yeah, especially when we record on. Weekdays, you know, yeah. we both have nine to five job, well, eight to five, and yeah, you, I don't know what you do, but yeah, you know, me, it depends. Seven thirty to seven thirty, sometimes, you know. There you go. Twelve it's long, hours. It's a long day. Uh, no, nothing that crazy. I don't work for slave drivers, but sometimes it feels that way. Um, okay. but yeah, I guess. Uh, what do we? We got a we got a couple of things we want to cover today, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's more so anticipation into the coming weeks. Yeah. So we got um, F1 starting next week. Mm-hmm. We got Very exciting. starting later this week. We got uh, Basel World. Yes. Which it, is exciting. In case you guys don't know, I mean, everyone knows what F1 is, but in case you guys don't know what Basel World is, is a watch convention in uh, Geneva in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very cool. Where uh, the watch world releases a lot of their big upcoming things, Same, similar to SIHH, similar to the, yep. wa- the other watch. Um, what do you call them? Consortiums that we cover. Right. Consortium, I think, is the right word for that. And then I, I believe later on next week, the New York Auto Show is starting. Really? Yep. That that quickly, eh? So wow. we've got quite a bit from both watches and cars coming up. Actually, yeah. it's been quite like that recently. Yeah, a lot Between of... Between the SIHH and then a couple of other releases and watches. We've been getting uh, we've been getting gang-banged on both ends. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it it seems that way. Um but uh but I guess let's move into into today's podcast. Why why uh why why tease everyone? Let's just get right into it. Um I don't know about you, Mikey, but I had a pretty exciting week. A lot of yeah. stuff happened to me. Uh you know, going especially in the world of cars and watches. Mm-hmm. Um I guess first thing I do want to do before I forget, a wristwatch check. No. Okay. Not just yet. I do want to give Cognito Moto a shout out uh because I I've ordered motorcycle we, we, parts before we yeah. you go on to that. We've talked about them before, and if mm-hmm. you guys don't know, um, they're a motorcycle part supplier that exactly. Anthony's worked with because he's building a cafe racer. Yes, and uh, I have to say, of all the websites and companies that I've dealt with, they send they have well by far the most shipping options, and they have like eleven shipping really? options. Yeah, that's my biggest pet peeve. When, I, I when love it. There's. Well, no, yeah. my biggest pet peeve is when there's companies that don't have shipping options. Oh, okay. It's yeah. standard shipping and. I ordered two things last week, and both yeah, I just got approvals and um, confirmations really? that the order went through. Oh, that's the no worst. idea when they're coming. Yeah, that, that is the absolute worst. But with Cognito Motor Man, I'm telling you, you put your order in, and they don't pay me to say this, by the way. I didn't even get a discount, but I'm still so impressed by they don't even the know quality that of the service. Exists. They probably don't. I mean, no. I, I, if you guys have us on Instagram, you would have seen that. Just tag. another invoice. 
but yeah exactly but uh the 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 short interval for shipping was incredible mm -hmm. and i have to say the quality of their products are like great where are they out of they're oh, somewhere in the states i want to say like new york area maybe okay. so uh, it, virginia not surprised they have quite uh, quite a range of shipping options yeah they're right in the middle exactly but um and, and obviously things you can buy a lot of just other, like regular products from like I bought Bitwell grips, right? You can buy Bitwell okay. grips from anyone. They're going to be the same quality, but the stuff I bought from them that was in-house stuff. Um, so Moto Gadget. Uh, oh, that's their own brand. No, it's not. Oh, okay. but they work with Moto Gadget. So the the M unit I bought, not the M unit, sorry, the Moto Gadget Mini uh, Chronoscope. I bought right. the the piece that tells me my speed and my rev. Sure. My my RPM. Sorry, didn't want to sound like a noob there. Uh, <laughs> my RPM that they had embedded into a a triple clamp that will fit my CB 550. That's right. a custom thing that they did. And that was, that was awesome. Yeah. They also, um, uh, I think powder coated the Tarosi rear sets that I got. Okay. And those again, awesome. So like their Cognito Moto specials of these, they work, I guess with other, uh, big suppliers to create really nice things. And sure. Beyond all that, if you are building a cafe racer and you have money because their stuff is not exactly cheap, if you have, if you do want to spend the money on the important things, they have a lot of really, really cool things. They have front end uh, conversions for all types of bikes, for BMW, um, Honda, and Yamaha. I'd say are the most. Yeah. Those are the most popular cafe conversions or bike oh, so vintage are they strictly cafe or or they like go into like modern? I would say like any any kind of bike that you're resto modding yeah. they sort of have that it's it's a certain style of bike for sure i okay. would say like the city the city um racer type of sure. type of bike not not so much like they're not a super sport they don't have a lot of super sport yeah, stuff yeah, although yeah. they have gsx r conversion for uh front forks and stuff for the um like cb550s and yamahas it they're more about like that that style of like vintage you know? Right. Uh, but yeah, very cool. And I just want to give them a shout out. Very pleased with their service. They, uh, they haven't let me down yet. So uh, I want to give them a shout out. And yeah, I guess that leads into the, the next big thing is that I got basically, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you would have see, seen the last sort, sort of puzzle pieces I had to decide on for the 550 build. I got my headlight, uh, which is a six and a half inch headlight. Mm -hmm. So typically you'll either see seven or five uh, inch diameter headlights i got a six and a half right in the middle i didn't want it to be too small or too big on the bike um i got the bitwell black grips and i got moto gadgets um m blaze flashers so mikey i've told you this mm -hmm. i don't want lights hanging off this bike right you want it to be as i sleek. want it to be as clean yeah. and sleek i want it to be showcase the motor i don't want to distract anything every part that you see sticking out on the bike. I want it to be a part that's actually used in the construction or the support of the bike. Mm -hmm. So for the lights, my rear tail light and turn signals are just an led strip on the frame. And my front turn signals are actually these M uh, units or these uh, motor gadget M blaze discs that, that go right on the end of your handlebars. So it's actually pretty cool. You just like, those are my signals. My handlebars yeah. have little lights on the end. Those are my signals. I've seen that before. Yeah, like a lot of Where really expensive builds, yeah. I'd want to say, because like they, they are not cheap. If um, you don't mind, well, what, what is that part there? Canadian, 120 each. Hmm. Yeah. So, As opposed to what can you get a, what can you get a standard oh turn signal for? Oh, $3. Hmm. Like it, it's, again, 
I I don't mind. There's probably spending... nothing wrong with the standard. No, not at all. You're, you're paying not for that design and that look and that kind you of know, like novelty. You know what it is? If I had just copped out and said, you know what? Yeah, standard turn signals will do. Right. I get it's it. It's not part of the yeah the, the reason for the like build, sure yeah. sure that could go along with the philosophy. Let, let get it on the road already. Like just drive the thing and and you know you'll enjoy the drive. Yeah, but for me it's it's the drive, but it's also the look and and. The idea that I had since I was 18, this is how I wanted my bike to yeah. look. It, it's 100% custom, yeah. and that's what's really cool about it. And that that's where the custom game sort of, you know, if you're in it for the money, you're in the wrong game because you're never going to get uh, you're never gonna get the money back or something oh, like no. this. I think maybe for a personal bike, no. Yeah. Well, I'm I, sure there's guys out there that do stuff like this for a living. Jeff, the guy at Motorcycle Hands who's working on my bike, told me something that I, I think is kind of funny. And, and you know, sure. it's actually some something. He said, if you're going to sell a bike like this, you, you're you better to send it to Europe or look for buyers in Europe okay. because people there have a different appreciation of bikes than they do here. Right. It's a, it's a tool for them. They'll spend the money on a properly built vintage bike because they can appreciate it and use it more there. I think here in our roads – Bike culture is a little bit different, and so custom small-framed bikes are not really seen in the same light or not valued as much. A 78 CB550 custom-built to specific specifications with you know love and care and all these things is just another 1970 CB bike, right? Right? You can you know someone would just tell me yeah, I can I can pick that up for three thousand. Why would I give you ten? Mm-hmm. Um, but in Europe. I think the culture is a little bit different. Uh, and again, I'm just taking this from what Jeff said, but it seems to fit a lot of the content that I see people building these bikes. A lot of them are on, are in Europe, yeah, Germany, uh, in uh, the Netherlands, areas like that where they have, I think it's just more of a bike culture. There's more people riding two wheels mm-hmm. in those areas because they, they have better, I don't know, better roads for it. They're just more practical. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, but if you guys are curious as to what's going on with the CB 550, we are, I'm, I'm just short of two years working on this bike now. Um, was it that long? Two years in November. So, okay. I'd say one and a half. Yeah. I bought it around the same time I started dating my current girlfriend. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of, that's kind of weird. Um, (laughs) but yeah. So, uh, how much time is left? I honestly don't know. Probably another month and a half, I'd say. You're, just you're, you're towards the end of it. Yeah, I know what the bike's gonna look like, and that's the exciting part. So I promise, stick uh, stick with me and stick with us. And time lapse, we'll have some cool motorcycle yes. content coming soon, and some cool car content because you're about to take your car out. Yeah. In the next uh, coming hopefully. weeks. Hopefully. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully this weekend, maybe. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a really cool. couple sunny days ahead, and yeah. uh, the next week actually is supposed to be sunny and relatively warm yeah so hopefully i'm just waiting for the roads to get clean all yeah. the salt and sand to get out of there and yeah yeah and then uh well we're, we're not far off i mean we're sort of in the transition month right now yeah exactly March, but yeah so uh i mean there was that for me that my my final parts came in that i had to choose for the bike so that was exciting uh because you know i can finally see the end of this long tunnel yep and also i know i shared the story with you guys about my first truck the ranger Yep. So, Mikey, I told you, right, we decided a lot of back and forth. Are we going to keep it and fix it or are we going to just get rid of it, get yep. a new truck? Uh, it was my dad's call. So he made the call, get a new truck. My grandfather's coming back next uh, week. And uh, I'm actually flying down to Florida to go and drive them yeah. back. Actually, is, so speaking of that, you, yeah. we're not going to get a podcast this weekend. We are not going to get a podcast. It'll be, I will an, not be it'll here. another late one. Yes. Yeah. 
But would uh, it be a late, another late one? One Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, we can do Tuesday. Yeah, so it'll okay, be a week, from today. week today. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So my dad decided on the Nissan Frontier. Cue the applause. Jokes. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's let's start. What are your thoughts on the Frontier? I have zero thoughts about it because I know nothing about yeah. it um, until you told me about it. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my thoughts on the Frontier before before. Sure. Yeah. My dad looked into it. It sucks. It's right. the worst. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing because when you think of truck, you think of Dodge, Ford, Chevy, GMC, Toyota. Well, Toyota, right? You got you to give Toyota because yeah, they've been some working Toyota, on it. But like never Nissan. But you know what I will say? The new Titans are they, – they did they did build it up. And I think in the next few years, people will look at Nissan Titans the same way that they look at Toyota Tundras in the same okay. field because they they honestly man they took the cummins turbo from what from the dodge yep. the diesel you can get that in a nissan now if you want i think the truck is the aesthetics are hit and miss you know it's subjective but i think if you were a nissan guy before you're really going to like what they're doing now because it is brash like it's it's a loud looking truck right typically that tends to really uh get the guys who were into those trucks even more into those trucks when mm-hmm. you make like a nice look at me truck and that's what Nissan did. They jacked it up. They gave it a bunch of four by four off road graphics and and trim pieces. And that's the Titan, right? But this is the Frontier, and it's been the same way for, for so a very long. long time. So long that I don't even care to find the date that they started building this truck. That's what I'm here because, for. Because well, there you go, fact checker. And while you're fact checking, I'll tell a little bit more about this truck. But this truck, the if you go online and, and type in Nissan Frontier. The the review videos that will come up, the most popular ones, talk about how it is the best cheap truck on the U.S. market because you can option a Nissan Frontier in its lowest trim level cheaper than any other truck out there. 1997. 1990s. Okay, well, I don't think it's the same. The, no, the 1997 one was dif- was physically different. Probably. It was a small. I, I know that that truck, that yes, truck was, was smaller. When did this generation of truck come in? This is, I think, maybe the second or third generation of, of this Frontier. For second gen. 2004. 2004, 2015. Okay. So, oh, 2015. Okay. Third I, gen I, is 2014 to present. Well, I'm going to go out there and say it. They're, they're the, like, the, look, the I'm looking minimal. at the two pictures right now. Yeah. They look exactly the same. Yeah. I think in 2014, they maybe the S was changed because there was a four-cylinder variant in Canada and the U.S. Okay. for the Nissan Frontier in the S. So that's the truck that was making the waves online because you can get a Nissan Frontier S, two-wheel drive, small cab, which is still four doors, but the rear suicide doors, with a four-cylinder for like 18000 U.S. Now in Canada, it's a little bit more. I don't know if you can see me like... A little bit shocked. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Why? Just why? Because of what? I can see your eyes. Keep, you're, keep, you keep moving. Share. Can I read this? Yeah, go ahead. On October. Sorry to interrupt your thought completely. Yeah. This is breaking news. Yeah. It's not breaking. On October 25th, 2016, Mercedes-Benz revealed two concept pickups, pre- uh, previewing the upcoming joint-built pickup model to be called the X-Class. The X-Class will be based on the platform of the current NP300 Navara. Which is a Nissan, isn't it? Son of a bitch. What do they have to do with each other? I have no idea. But I'm looking at the X-Class and I'm looking at the current generation Frontier. They look identical. Oh, wow. This is, this is, we're just learning this right now. We're learning this right now. This is like finding two co, finding out two coworkers are banging. 
Uh, <laughs> and Renault is, is going to be releasing one. See, I thought, well. but I know about the the uh, what do you call it? But I know that Renault worked with Mercedes for that. Uh, yeah, regardless. Um, okay. You got yourself a Mercedes there, bud. Basically. Maybe that's why my dad likes it so much. No. Uh, I, okay. Either way, my point being has nothing to do with that. Yeah. I, I, my Sorry point, about that. My point is the this, this, this frontier, it occupies a really, really weird space because we've talked a lot about small trucks and the small yeah. trucks that impress us. Yep. Specifically, the Colorado's. Uh, especially in its ZR2, which is the off-road, very capable and yep. cool-looking truck. We also spoke about the new Ford Ranger that's coming out, which is yeah. very cool. It's global. It, They'll it's be a, releasing it, a Raptor variant. Yeah, like well, at least in, cool things. Not in Canada yet, or yeah. North America yet, but but what none of those trucks I think does better than the Frontier mm-hmm. is be is being understated and small in the same spirit of the original Ranger. And of the old Chevy S10, right? But that's not what. Look at the way. Look at the way the full size, like half ton pickup yeah. trucks are going. They seem to be getting bigger. Really, yeah, yeah, but bigger, but more flashy and lifted and uh, like off road ready from the factory. And I, I agree a hundred percent with you. And that's why those those the Colorados that are two and the and the Ranger Raptor. That's why they appeal to us as car guys. But it's also why they. Cost a pretty penny. Exactly. Yeah. And this thing is inexpensive, right? I think Canadian taxes in. I did get a discount because we bought from the same dealer group that I that I work for. It was thirty thousand dollars taxes yeah. in, which sounds like a lot of money. But this is a basically it's a small pickup truck, but it's fairly capable. It was rear wheel drive only, but it came with a V six four liter V six, same displacement of the, as the Ranger, but a significantly better motor, better fuel economy, better power yeah. figures. Came with a, I think a five or six speed automatic. I'm not 100 percent sure, but on the inside, it feels like a like a Maxima. Now, right. sure, it has cloth seats, but it drives like a like a does not drive like a truck. It drives like a really comfortable small SUV or car. And I drove the Ranger for a long time. Right. The Ranger was the farthest thing from refined. The Ranger was a 1990s car, sold up until 2011. See, but. I mentioned this to you before. You got to look at the age difference, and you're saying yes, but the, the, the new the new frontiers based off of an old truck. Yeah, but do they not have years and years and years to work on that? Well, Whereas, even though yes, it's still from an old platform mm-hmm. from 2004. Yeah, do they not refine it over the last 10 years, 10 but, 15 years? But Mikey, what can they refine? Like uh, the I don't switches. Know. I'll tell you right now, like. You don't you don't really refine the chassis. You don't really refine the end. Like the, that's the same engine. Yeah. The the big thing that everyone's talking about is that the new frontier, the long awaited new frontier, will right. be released next year. This is this still has the old fascia from 2014, um, and it's very similar to the previous fascia. Like it, they didn't they clearly they didn't update the aesthetics that much. My my main point is this: when it comes to the frontier, it is the best worst truck you can buy, and by best. I mean, it will beat your expectations, and I can't wait to take you for a drive because I know you're gonna. I do it, I, I, I need to. I, I need yeah. to go for a ride because I I can't. I, and I shouldn't. I shouldn't say I can't understand it because yeah. I I don't have. I didn't never had the chance to understand. It. I've never been in one. I've yeah. never driven one. I've always driven. I've only ever driven in one of the four big brands: yeah. Dodge, Ford, GMC, uh, Chev. I, I I have never given it a chance, so I, I I can't give a good opinion on or agree with you or disagree yeah. with you. 
No, and I, and so. I get that. I just want to share my surprise. Yeah. I want to share like that this vehicle I think is super underrated, in, but that's the best part about it mm-hmm. is that it is. I think to people who own, and, and you know what? I, I used to think no one bought this truck. My dad showed me some obscure figure, and I can't remember it exactly, but I think that this outsold the Colorado this year. I know that sounds Where? ridiculous. In the United Alaska? States. No, in the United States. Uh, it was something something like that. But And then I started seeing them all I, over I wanna the road. See, I want to see this figure next year when the Rangers out. Yes. I think, okay, but, oh, and here, here's the other thing. The Ranger is not like the old Ranger. This truck is. The new Ranger is more of a Colorado than it was than it is an old Ranger. Isn't that a better thing? I yes, it is, Mike. So and that's where I'm having such you. a hard time understanding. What, what I'm saying is that this it's because this truck fills that gap. There is still a need why for these need shitty why? little why? trucks. Why? Because why the, can't they just be better? Because not everyone needs a truck to be everything. There's still a small segment, a niche segment like my grandfather who who can't get into big little trucks. He needs. Just like a Chevy S10 or an old Ranger, he needs a nice little low truck. Granted, this is not as low as the Ranger, but it is significantly lower than a Colorado, and it still is a new truck. That I, I, again, I people listening to me right now who have never looked at a Frontier, they're gonna be like, "What the? This is a piece of shit." But it's honestly not. It's actually a pretty good little truck. So again, I I drove it for about ten minutes yesterday. Yep. But I have to say, I was thoroughly impressed. And I am not a Nissan fanboy. That's good. I'm the furthest thing from a Nissan fanboy. That's a good thing that you're impressed because it's yeah. a little, probably a little bit of relief. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I spent the last, uh, what, two weeks just shh, like yeah. not even speaking to my dad because he was looking at this looking at this thing. And I, I couldn't understand why. But And I don't, I still don't fully understand why. I would have just yeah, got... What, I what was that first thing that said, hmm... On Nissan Frontier, he saw a video that it was the least expensive truck in America. Okay, fair enough. And I get that. Like he had to give my grandfather. This is my grandfather's summer truck. Like yeah. he didn't want to spend money. He, my grandfather's a ch- chain smoker. He smokes like a <laughs> chimney. The thing's gonna get destroyed, and that makes me kind of sad because it's uh, like honestly, it's a kind of cool little thing. If it was four by four, I would love to drive this in the winter, but it's not. It's rear wheel drive. Maybe I, I mean that makes me love to drive it in the winter even more. Sideways, Maybe. sideways around every corner. But uh, there's something about this little truck. I'm telling you, it, it's it's almost like they sprinkled a little bit of magic in it when you drive it. It's cool. And the Ranger, because it was a work truck, had the plastic floorboards. There was no carpet sure. at all. This has like plush, like carpeting, which is terrible for a work truck. Yeah, but just I, get some weather techs. My grandfather will find a way to make those weather techs irrelevant. But no, the weather techs, man, you 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 just rode in my F one fifty. The weather techs protect everything. I have weather techs in my Accord. I, I know they they are good, but believe me, the, my grandfather will find a way to make it not work. All right. I I just I was very I, man. I'm telling you, this is such an upgrade from the Ranger, while still maintaining the same spirit as the Ranger, and I think that's why I'm thoroughly impressed. I want to get you in a Ranger when they start getting released. I want to get a Ranger when I'm, I guarantee it's not going to be the same spirit as the old truck. It's not. It, it is more right. of a Chevy Colorado. I, I, I can't wrap my head around the spirit of an old truck, but like you, you know because me, new is ultimately boom. New is better. I know, but, but my thing maybe is, it shouldn't be that. My way. thing is, work trucks are supposed to be simple. It's supposed to be the thing that you don't have to worry about glitches in the software and. It just it runs. It runs maybe poorly, but it runs to the ground and and does its job. It doesn't complain. But why does it have to be that way? I'm, maybe I'm nostalgic for. Yeah, I, so. I, I just because I I've seen what old trucks can do. Yeah. 
like I, you know, even at work, we have a plow truck. It's a a thirty year old or maybe thirty five yeah, year old Dodge running. Ram, and it's still plowing snow all the time. Like it's crazy, Dodge but Ram. that's the whole point. You know, we can't get rid of this thing because it's still doing its job. It's still kicking. Yeah, it needs like literally one one hour of repair a year, and it, and it's good to go that, for another. That's way it's, that's the way it was with old vehicles. Yeah, they, they just run and run and run, and, and especially and old trucks. So this is still it still has the essence of an old truck, but it's brand new. Right now, I think financially it's a terrible idea. Why would you spend money on this? But you know what? I am beating this. You, this you horse. are confusing me. So much. I know, I know, I know. It's because I'm confused, man. This thing's got <laughs> me. It, uh, I want to say I'm I'm bi curious for this truck now. Like I don't. Need, All right. I, my orientations have been thrown off. You know, like you know me, I would never look at this thing. I, I'm a brand whore. Well, when it comes apparently to Ford. I don't know you because you're confusing me. I am a brand whore when it comes to Ford. I love Ford. I love my Ranger. I would never have looked at the Frontier, but I'm telling you right now, it is not a bad vehicle. Yeah. It is a good. I'm sure it's, it's a not. good little truck. I'm sure it's not. I just can't understand if if you're saying yes, the Ranger will probably be better, and it, but it, it won't be like this. Again, it's the spirit of it. Uh, you know, I don't. Under, me, I don't under, me for having a heart. I don't understand but, spirit of it, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I know. I don't expect you to. It's a very Anthony term to use. But anyway, uh, I think we're Why done. Why buy a new motorcycle when you can build an ancient one? It's the spirit you of see? it. See? <laughs> Am I not doing that exact thing? But let's move on from the Frontier, the best worst truck available for it to be bought today, uh, to a new truck, a proper Yeah, one that we've been truck. avoiding for a couple weeks. Have, why have we been avoiding it? Because for maybe, this it day. Will, maybe it will take it down, the Ford Ranger. No, no. We, we actually had the conversation. My dad's looking at a new truck, so we'll, we'll save the GMC for that day. Yeah, I think that was it. Maybe <laughs> you'll get a GMC. No, we got a Nissan Frontier. <laughs> New Frontiers. I'm going to let you take so, the lead on this while I yeah, drink if, my decaf. If you couldn't tell, um, we're talking about the 2019 GMC Sierra. Wow, it just got a lot quieter in here, and I can only hear myself, and it's very strange. Oh, I'm sorry for that, Mikey. I think you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. Um, no, yeah, 2019 GMC Sierra got released. Was that back at Chicago? Yeah, it's been around. See, and this was is where it back I got in confused. Chicago? It must was have it Chicago? been. Was it Chicago? No. Even I, it was a while ago. No, you know what? Chevy released it at a Chevy event, I think in Texas. It was an outdoor event. They had the mm-hmm. the Silverado's It was so long in. ago, I forget. This was way back. We covered this, I think, in the autumn or the fall. We No, we never talked about No, all those this, trucks. The, the, the Silverado. We, talked, we spoke about it in the fall. What did I say? I thought I heard you say Silverado. If I said Silverado, I'm sorry. I meant Sierra. No, no, they have not released a Sierra. No, but when did they when did they release the Sierra? Oh, I think Chicago. Chicago, yeah, it was probably Chicago. Was it Chicago or Or was it a little bit later? I'm not sure. Who knows? Anyway, it's saying here March first, 2018. Yeah, Yeah, so it wasn't Chicago. No, no, no. Okay. Anyway, all right. Um, It's it's a whole new truck. Yeah, and it's quite exciting because. Generally, for the last, what, maybe five, six, seven years um, in the uh, recently, they um, the GMC has been exactly the same as the Silverado, essentially, yeah. with a GMC badge, which the rest of the lineups have been exactly the same, and which Ford and Lincoln have been exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a difference now between GMC and uh, Chev. Same way we saw with Lincoln and Ford. Yeah, they're really uh, they're t- they're making a departure. Which and I, I th- think it's more important though for GMC to differentiate itself from Chevy than it is for Lincoln from Ford. Really? Because GMC only does trucks and SUVs, and I know we can always say, "Oh, but SUVs are becoming so popular." Guess what? GMC doesn't make the popular SUVs. They make no. the big SUVs that are less popular yeah. now. 
um, but uh, whatever, less popular. They're, they're not the crossovers that people are trying to get into. Right. Lincoln, on the other hand, has cars and is probably going to come up with a somewhat sporty luxury Which car. Which the guy did mention, remember, at yeah. the auto show, New York, they're releasing something new. Something new. And so I think Lincoln, it's not as important for them to differentiate as it is for GMC because sure. where is their cash flow going to come from? Maybe, There's only so many government vehicles that you can sell. Maybe I like to see the difference in them because you're seeing a quite a price difference yeah. between the two. Like with... Um, I don't know what like a navigator and what what was it excursion expedition which one's excursion is the navigator right uh I would expedition. say expedition expedition yeah because he's an explorer I'm just expedition. realizing Mikey I typed in 2019 Chevy Silverado instead of GMC Sierra <laughs> <laughs> because they're so like that in my exactly. head there, the there you truck. go they were the same but they're different now we're seeing a lot different oh let let me pull this up here yeah. let me see exactly we're gonna wait here. I, see, I'm, I'm trying to be to direct myself to the Jalopnik article that Mikey told me about, but I don't. Well, no, just because they have a lot of pictures. Okay, yeah, and that, that's really what we're interested in. Pictures. I I will say the lights on the front end of the new GMC are interesting. Oh, we're in it. We're on it. Yeah. It's the um, I lost all power to my mouse. That's fun. What has happened? Well, let me let me let's ca- hope let this recording didn't stop. Um, I will say, center stack. We've been fooled before by a center stack. The Ram center stack in pictures got us really excited. And when we saw it in person, it was a letdown. But I will say that this center stack in the GMC does look better. It looks cleaner. Um, Almost Ford-esque. I want to say without sounding too uh, too Ford fanboyish. Mm -hmm. But I uh, like I'll give you an example. If you look at the climate control knobs. The uh, the digital display inside the climate control that's it that's car technology that I think it makes sense in a truck right you know keep the screen space for other stuff put the put that into the knobs you're gonna have to have these massive knobs for people to operate with gloves on anyway put the digital screens there that look and it looks really uh, cool and futuristic the one thing though Mikey and you did bring it up they have the switches they have the toggles yep much like the Ram did mm-hmm. these look beefier. They look more like the toggles yeah. uh, in, I'm trying to think, what do you, don't you own a vehicle that has toggles? like The Audi. The yeah. Audi has toggles like this. Uh, similar. S- the, the, the Audi are, they're less of a toggle, like, they're very small yeah. and more of kind of a button than an actual toggle. So these these look like buttons though. Yeah, I don't think these are gonna flick down. They they, they don't seem to have. They, they're clearly they have a little light on them. They look like buttons. So, I just think that the way that the Ram did it, they are not buttons, but they are also not toggles. And mm-hmm. I know guys listening, guys and girls, this sounds very nitpicky and like, oh, why you complain about it? It does because that's you're constantly touching these things. If you're gonna make a toggle, like make a toggle like Ford does with the with the auxiliary switches, it's a toggle down, a toggle up. Yeah. If you're going to make a button, make a button. Don't make a fake-looking toggle that acts like a button. And I and I don't think that GMC made this mistake here. I think the average person will see that yeah. and say, hey, this is something new. It, it looks it looks nice. Mm-hmm. Better. Yes, yes. Um, so, I mean, as far as the interior, I, the only picture I'm seeing right now is of that center stack. I, I don't do – you, have you seen any picture? I've seen the steering wheel as well, I guess. Yeah, with, nice. with the gauges, um, yeah. it's so sort of that 
typical GMC gauge style with like the octagonal shape. Yes. Kind of awkward. I would have liked to see Ford does it the best. They yeah. have a giant flat screen yeah. integrated with the gauges. They're squishing this tiny little screen. This looks like a, a, a an F-150 from 2013. But are you sure that those gauges at the top are not part of the screen? That could I'm be sure the, they are. That could be the whole screen. I'm, I'm sure that is yeah. the whole screen, but I'm, I'm looking at that little menu in the middle. Ah, I see. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me of my 2013 F-150. Yeah. yeah. Look look at the, the, the modern, uh, the, the current F-150s. It's a nice big menu. Yeah. Why, why can't they do that? Yeah. But you can see the, the, the chrome outline from it. It's kind of shaped similarly to the lights. You, you know what this has that the F-150 doesn't have? Heads up. Yeah. Seven inch heads up display. That's nothing yeah. to shake a stick at. No, my friend. Uh, no, that I think. That's but it's not impressive. totally uncommon from cars. Uh, from from cars, time, right? but I think yeah. the trucks can really benefit from it. You're probably going to be doing a lot of highway in this truck. Yep. And I think the highway is the best for a heads up display. I think definitely a big improvement. Is, is there any picture here of the actual center console? I don't see that here. Um, that I would like to see. Um, because that's one thing that always deterred me for, like away from GMC. Well, because they also don't have, they have, the, uh, this is still a column shifter. Is it yeah, not? I can see yeah. that. Yeah. So, so it's probably still that big bucket in the middle with the giant cup holders. You know probably. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't like. It, it's very no, interesting. When you're, when you're shooting in the Ford, you have yeah. a nice big sh- uh, shift knob to hold on to. Yeah. Nice cup holders. I don't know. Maybe we're biased. Probably we probably are, but it's very interesting. If you are if you are a, a truck buyer and you've already said no to the frontier because you're crazy, uh, and you want you want to buy a truck, if you sit inside the Ford, the GM, and the Ram, they all do things so different, but in in a very similar light. And by different, I mean look at look at the placement of all their shifters. Yep. Ford, you get a nice center. Uh, call a uh, center stack shifter. Sorry, in the in your yep. center console, something that you that you'd see in an SUV, and something that people right. are comfortable with. In the GMC, you get the column shifter, which is how yep. old trucks used to be, and and that's one of the things about old trucks I didn't like because it seems a little bit less refined. And then I think the the worst is mm. what you get in the Ram, which is the little dial on. Why uh, do you think that's the worst? Because it, it, I I don't I don't, I don't feel think confident. I know in the Range Rover it has something similar, no, but in the Range Rover forget it's about delicate. That. Between the trucks, I, I think it's better than the column shifter. Really? Yeah. A little circle up front. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've only I, used it a couple of times, and it just seemed a little I just unrefined. don't – I feel like I'm driving a shop truck when I push a column shifter. Yeah, but you always know what? where The only time going. I push a column shifter is in a shop truck. Yeah, but you always know where the column shifter is. I know the wheel's not too complicated, but I don't know. I just don't uh, like There's it. a lot of cars nowadays that have that wheel. Um, yeah, put it in a minivan. That's fine. Put it in a caravan. I'm cool with that. Put it, right. Don't put it in a Ram. But on anyway, Odyssey with the shifter on the dash. Yeah, with the buttons. Oh, it's great. like a spaceship. <laughs> don't don't do not give the Honda Odyssey a hard time. It's a fantastic minivan despite all the problems they've been having. Uh, <laughs> past that, hopefully none of my customers are listening. Let's let's move on to the um, the actual use of this. Yes, truck. yes. Let's get away from all the semantics and here. probably the most interesting part of of this new truck. Um, we're talking the about engine. Nope. <laughs> Go on. Nope. Um, the box. Yes. The bed in the back. Yeah. What they call? What do they call it, Anthony? Here, I'll let you. I'll let you have the. Well, thank the you, Mikey. Thank this. you for giving me the floor. They call this bed. They're the material that the the bed is made out of. Uh, Carbon Pro. What did you call it earlier? I think that if you're gonna name, uh, if you're gonna make a bed with 
any so this this bed sorry I should explain this bed is is part carbon part plastic. Now if you're gonna name if you're gonna come up with a with the name this is you marketing people at GM if you're gonna come up with a name for this new bed why would you call it Carbon Pro when the obvious choice is Carbtastic plastic. <laughs> We have a brand new bed here on the on the on the 2019 GMC Sierra. It's made of a, an alloy of carbon and plastic with a great name that we've come up with here, Carbtastic Plastic. All right, you've you've heard it here first. Anyway, uh, what, what what essentially this is? It's replacing the inner steel panels um, mm-hmm. with this Carbtastic Plastic. Carbtastic Plastic, which is interesting because if if you didn't get a bed liner on a, on any of these trucks, yeah. You over a, you know, and you actually work your bed. You're gonna get dense, worst case holes in the steel, or in Ford's case, in the aluminum. Is there anyone that actually leaves these beds bare? No, but you know what, <laughs> GM, I got a bit of a bone to pick with you. Sure. All right, you came up with those stupid commercials about how um, Bob the Builder drops Chevy? his toolbox. Sorry, yeah. Who did I say? GM. I said GM. Oh, okay, GM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Sorry, it, it, they were for the Silverado. Granted, they were not for the GMC Sierra. Yeah. But how Bob the Builder drops his toolbox from the ledge of, the, <laughs> of the, his truck bed into the truck bed on the Ford, punctures a hole right through the aluminum box. Yeah. And and how the steel, oh, steel's so good. You know, we couldn't uh, couldn't we use steel. Your toolbox will merely dent your bed. Keep in mind, your bed is still damaged, just dented instead of a freaking hole in the bed. But now you seem to have ditched steel. Now steel's not good enough for your bed. Hmm, interesting. And why did they use this material, Mikey? Why did they not choose steel to save 62 measly pounds? I know. What a disappointment. 62 pounds. Are you kidding? Well, uh, in, in like a 5,500-pound truck. Ford comes out, all aluminum body, 700-pound weight yeah, reduction. That, that, see, that's that's a noticeable difference. Yeah, that's that's uh, a pay. That's a, your, your pay, your, what do you call it? Payload. That's an increase in payload. Now you have seven hundred pounds to, to that you can add to the towing or the the in bed payload. Yeah. What the hell? Sixty two pounds. Sixty two pounds is what? A bucket. Now, in saying that, bucket of stones. Sixty two pounds is more impressive on a, a smaller race vehicle, car, of, yeah. of course. Now they're talking about a truck here, and they're only replacing the steel like inner panels yes of the bed it's it's, it's not like ford where they said okay we're building a whole aluminum body no not, not substantial even difference there um now in saying that is 62 pounds a whole lot will it make a difference probably not yeah is it stronger maybe i think it's the idea of it is better than anything that we're seeing right and now that is exactly why chevy can build great stuff but falls to the same crappy chevtastic uh <laughs> marketing things like no. like why are you getting so excited about yeah good this you know what this would have been good as an option on this truck not one of the top you 10 think? best things about the new truck yeah what if you want to save the money get a steel bed it's a work truck maybe you don't want the carbtastic plastic option you see but here's the thing uh, maybe it's just where we live but a lot of these people that are buying these trucks nowadays mm-hmm aren't working them and people that I, do work where we live man i know people that work these truck work a truck will get into the heavy duties let me say this it's not that people have stopped working them it's that more people who never needed a truck in the first place are buying them yeah that's it trucks well, now are so good. comfortable yeah exactly they're so good Even and the nissan frontier i was watching a video i forget who was saying it but 
Alejandro, of course. <laughs> no, of course, Alejandro. He, he was saying, what's the point in buying these luxurious SUVs anymore when all these American brands are making these vehicles so good? Yeah. The, I was beside you, a Ford Raptor today. Oh, my God. Such a good-looking vehicle. Right. Wow. And, 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 and the amount of stuff that you get inside, the, yeah. the heated seats, the cooled seats, massage seats, uh, panoram- panoramic window, uh, heated steering wheel, um, adaptive cruise control, everything that you can get in those luxurious cars, but you're going to pay a huge premium. Yeah. If it's even at all available. Exactly. Yeah. With these American trucks and SUVs, you're getting so much more. They, it's making for like, I don't know, like my next vehicle. I don't know if I would even consider being a, an everyday. Uh, I think, well, my dad has owned trucks his whole life. So I always grew up with my dad having a pickup truck and seeing the difference since I was a kid yep. when he had his F-250 diesel. And his, his F-150 before that, the, we're talking like 2001, 1998 model trucks, to now is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You can cross the country in these trucks comfortably. Yep. We've done it. Yeah. We went from, uh, we drove to Florida in your, in your last generation F-150. And it was comfortable. It fit five grown men perfectly fine. Uh, you know, save for some incidences in Kentucky, which we won't go into now. Some weaker stomachs than others. <laughs> yeah, let's not get into that, Mikey. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but okay, let's just wrap up this Silverado. What do you think? Brand new. Sorry. Oh, but I said Silverado. Brand new Sierra from GMC. What do you think? This is going to be for the next four to five years. Yep. This is going to be their truck. And this is top of the line GM. Yeah. So what do you think? How does it compete with, uh, with Ford's top of the line, with Ram's top of the line? Would I buy one of these? No. Okay. Do I like it? Yeah. I, th- I think it's a huge improvement. Um, it's just too fixated on Ford. Yeah. I, I've had no problems with them. I've always had Ford and can't get away from that. Yeah. Um, that's not to discount what they've done here. It's, it's obviously 100%. impressive. And it yeah. looks great and it doesn't look like a Chev. I think, yeah, I was going to say, uh, but I think the uh, the other big improvement, the body lines are yep. more squared up. And uh, that's what I like about the Ford. That's what I like about this truck. L- look at the truck head on. What do you see? A Yukon. Uh, yeah, honestly. Right? Yeah. Well, good for them. Good for them. Because uh, the Yukon is very popular. They're, it's a they're, looking truck. They're giving you what you're paying for. Yeah. Before you were paying a premium for the GMC brand, and, and then that's it. You were getting nothing more than what you would get yeah. in a Chev. In a Chev. Um, you're also well, getting... A split folding I was, tailgate. I was just gonna say we we missed a huge thing about I this know. truck. Well, it's a something huge... about a Honda's book. Yes. Oh yeah, you know what? It, now Honda. Is, so in case you guys are clueless to what we're saying, which you should be, because these are weird, obscure things. Um, there used to be only one pickup truck on the market with a configurable tailgate. What I mean by configurable with a nonsense tailgate. Nonsense, yes. So with the Honda Ridgeline, you can either open it yep. like a regular tailgate, how it drops down, or you can open it sideways like you would on a Range CRV. Rover or CRV. Uh, Range Rover weird. doesn't open sideways. It doesn't? The old ones Does did. the new CRV still open sideways? No. Okay. Never. Did it never? No, they did back in the oh, day, okay. way back. Like yeah, Range Rover, Range Rover splits goes up and Sorry. down. Well, this opens sideways uh, yeah. on, the, on the ridge line. So uh, no one else did that. And then Which, GMC, what, what is the purpose of that? Just to get up close to the... Yeah, it'd be right up, uh, like in case you got to lift something into the bed. Um, and it, not rest it on the... On the tailgate. Yeah, All right. But also the the uh, ridge line has a big cubby hole uh, right inside the bed. Right, right, right. It's a right. cooler area yep. too. So in that case, it's easier to load things in right. there. So okay. it makes sense on the ridge line. 
Uh, but now the GMC, they said, you know what, Honda, you are the best car company in the <laughs> world, so we're going to copy you. And and that's they, where they came up with carbtastic plastic. Carbtastic plastic, my friend. No, and then they came up with this thing. So it's a, a big cutout. Uh, about 50% of the truck bed can fold over without the rest of the truck, uh, or sorry, the uh, tailgate folding over. Yeah, I don't know how to explain this. They put a tiny little tailgate within the tailgate. Yeah, it's it's like for that one time that you're carrying a shelf and you're like, you know what? I really wish no, this was go three to, feet lower. If you go to Home Depot and you get some two by fours, and throw the two by fours in the, in the trunk bed. Yeah, but all that does is put the two by fours closer to the roof of the car behind you. No, because when you put the two by four on top of the tailgate, it's sticking up at quite an angle. If you put it down low like this. Oh my God! Are you are you British? Like what? What was that? No, it, say it's armadillo. Just, when when <laughs> when you fold down the half tailgate, that's what we'll call it—the half tailgate. Yeah. Um. It, let's say you have a long piece of wood, yeah. two by four, whatever. It won't be at such a high angle. It'll be less. I, okay, I understand. But what was the problem with it being at a high angle? It can slide around more. Because it's up like this, right? Yeah. If you go around and turn, it's if, if it's if it's at a higher angle, it's more yeah. likely to slide. Granted, you should always have this stuff strapped down. Exactly, that's what. But I'm, this will it'll, it'll eliminate that okay. kind of. I I think it's like I think I think it's the the Chevy marketing. Uh, oh, pizzazz. like you don't need it. Uh, and fine, I think one thing we're gonna end off on on this truck because I think we can both agree it's a, it, it's a we checked our our oh our happy can I box. just there's a cool feature here when you have the tailgate down yeah there's a little flap that opens up as a stopper that's pretty cool. What do you mean? Uh, oh, go the to tail- the overhead view of the bed open where they have the plywood in there. Yeah. So look at the end of it where that red stripe is. That's actually a flap that comes up like this. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of it's kind of like yeah. the the box uh, why extender. Doesn't, yeah. Why doesn't it, every truck have something like that? It's, it's it, that cool. that's really cool. Yeah. 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 Good for you, GMC. Wow. I like it. Um, I do want to say, what do you? Uh, final thing on this truck because we're we're beating this thing to death here. Uh, what do you think about the rectangular exhaust straight out of the Canadian Tire parts bin there? Wow. My what? friend's Challenger has exhaust. Oh, like his Challenger exhaust is way better. <laughs> don't give me that. These are um, chrome, the, the chrome exhausts on a good. chrome bumper. I think I, don't, I, I, think, don't like I think they suit the truck. I, no, I don't like them. Yeah, they fit it. It's nice and... Chrome exhaust on a chrome bumper. Why would you do that? Where are you seeing chrome bumper, bro? I'm looking at a chrome bumper right here in front of me, my dude. All the ones I'm seeing are painted. Okay, uh, that's Chrome, okay, the sorry. last one. Yeah, the last, that's where I'm looking directly at the exhaust. Oh, okay, I, I don't know. Who they, cares? There's nothing really wrong with Chrome exhaust on a Chrome bumper, but when you have the cutouts for the rectangular exhaust fitting directly into it, I think it looks kind of weird. Um, but nobody's going to buy a Chrome bumper anyways. We're painted this way to go. Well, the Frontier came with a Chrome bumper. <laughs> Best truck on the market. Anyway, I think we both agree. Good job, GMC. Yeah, 100%. You uh, are really good job. I will it, not buy it, though. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it either. But I gotta say, uh, I think even the Silverado is pretty good for an entry level truck. I think it's good. Yeah, and, it, and if that's they're fine. able to market the Silverado for less money than uh, similarly equipped F one fifty, which yep. I don't think is, they actually do. But if they can, then why not? You that's know? fine. I'm sure. I'm sure it's good. Mm-hmm. But you can see easily see a difference between Chevy and GMC right now with yes. the truck, and that's yes. I think the main thing with this is finally we're seeing what you're paying for differentiation. Yeah. Okay. Granted, I think all trucks are way too expensive right now, but you're you're seeing the difference. It's a seller's market, my friend. Anywho, are we? What do you? Do we have anything else for nah. cars? I think we're all done. Yeah, it was a very truck heavy episode for today. Um, but I think we're gonna. We move. will see more, obviously, with New York oh, happening course, next week. Yeah, so for sure. 
I think we will move a little bit more into watches. And what watch are you wearing, sir? Wristwatch check. I Well, I came from work, so typically when I come from work, I'm wearing my Seiko SKX on a nice, nice oyster bracelet. Nice. Yeah, thinking about modding it. I was telling you this earlier. I'm thinking about putting a little domed sapphire. Ooh, Which me. I think will sapphire crystal will yeah. work pleasantly. Yeah. I think it will look good. And we're also uh, waiting for some uh, some new straps to come in, Ooh. both you and I. So we'll definitely keep you guys updated when those come in. What are you wearing on your wrist, Mikey? Well, I was at work today as well, and I'm wearing my daily my daily driver. <sighs> Such difference in in daily drivers. I genuinely this has become my day my go to. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there a reason I, for that, or the Oris? Um, is uncomfortable is illegible the <laughs> no I, I like the look of yours it's just it, it's yeah, i can't wear it the, yeah. the strap is it, that it came with it maybe it's because it, it's too small for my wrist probably but i cannot wear it that's why we're waiting for these new straps to come in oh Hopefully. so you actually ordered a new strap for the oars both of them yeah oh wow uh, okay. i ordered one all black nato because mm-hmm. the, the strap that came on the um the the pro pilot was essentially a nato with a Butterfly a leather, yeah, leather inside, inside. Just the inside was leather, but it's it's a really shitty leather. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason why it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. So I ordered an all Did black. You work it in. Like like knead it with my yeah, thumbs. Yeah. It it's it's not even le- it, it's if you look at it, it's like a thin piece of paper of leather. Oh okay. Like, you know, it's like a li- thin 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 liner of shitty yeah. leather. That they've stitched into it. Hmm. it. It's not good. And I think you even mentioned in one of the videos that you saw about this, about a very similar watch. The guy said, if you're going to get this watch, change the strap. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. I ordered one black uh, NATO for the strap and a and like an army green. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Try it out. I that'll have no idea cool. how that'll look. Got the black because I know I'm safe with that because that's what it came. Yeah. Um, the green. I think the green will look really good on that watch. I think so. With it's the like different an contrasting black blacks, yeah, yeah, it'll look really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty well dailying this guy. Very cool. Very and cool. I know last week we talked about getting rid of this guy, but I don't know. I think that was a phase. You, you, there's yeah, something I was keeping you to it. A little bit sad that day. Yeah. No, but I'm I'm going to order the um, black rubber strap for this. Okay, for sure. Because the blue is cool, but not all the time. Yeah. Like, it's like if I if enjoy. I'm wearing like a red shirt or something. Yeah. I want to be wearing a blue blue strap well i would say if you if you if you're dressing loudly then the blue strap makes nice it makes sense but if you're dressing kind of subtle then it's a little bit yeah but that's on what a i'm wearing Sunday, i'd wear the blue strap on a work day i'd wear the black sure anthony's always right sure whatever mikey <laughs> uh but i think uh well i'm really excited to talk about this watch we're going to talk about today yeah, I, I think how are you excited for it um not too much about this watch but it, it kind of feeds into what we've kind of had an ongoing conversation about is um, uh, value proposition divers yes. watches um, because I've kind of loosely, I said that I've, I, that's, that would be my next watch and I've mm-hmm. been looking for one, but then, you know, I started looking at pilots again. Yes. Um, so it, it's always on topic, right? So it's yeah. something that always pertains to what we're um, discussing. So I don't know. Why don't, why don't you introduce it? Sure. Uh, well, first off, I can't take credit for finding it. I was actually shown this watch by a good uh, good mutual friend of ours uh, who was, in fact, looking for a value proposition diver to replace his current daily. And he came across this. He told me by chance. He was just on a forum called Watch You Seek, which is a very popular uh, watch yep. forum. Uh, and this was at the top of their like you know thing. Yeah. Um, sort of similar how I came across the Ming, similar way. Uh, and it's interesting because this... This watch follows the same ethos 
of the Ming. It's it's a micro brand. What you, you nah. don't think so? Well, hold on. Let Let's me, get into it. Let me oh, justify yeah, yeah, yeah. why. So okay, it's a micro brand out of Singapore. Sure. So much similar to how the Ming is a micro brand out of Kuala Lumpur. The from everything I can read. The gentleman responsible for this watch, who's also made many watches at this point. I think he started in 2014. He's made many watches. That's where he's different than Ming. Ming and, and his crew have only made three watches to this point. Which very specific. Okay. This kind of, this uh, gentleman has made many, many watches. We're talking in the tens or twenties of watches. Of different models. Different and models. Sub models in that. But I've watched a couple of interviews with him. Mm-hmm. He's very into his craft, and I and I think he's very connected to the final product in a similar way to how Ming and his partners are. That's what I appreciate about him. Of course, we're talking about the company Zelos Watches. Of course, Z E. I know, as if you guys already knew that. Uh, it's spelled Z E L O S, and they make some really interesting watches. I think that their main their main goal is to make divers watches. They make yep. a lot of bronze divers watches, which if you guys are into bronze, I mean, definitely take a look at some of their stuff. Uh, a lot of their pieces that even that aren't even fully divers, uh, they use bronze in. They are the they are the so Zealous made the very famous uh, Abyss Two, which if you watch uh, Jory Goodman, uh, who is the time teller, like I do, I think he's he's pretty good for watches. He actually bought an Abyss, and it is the biggest fattest loudest diver watch i have ever look, seen look at the bezel huge huge it's it's seven millimeters or i think seven millimeters of yeah. sapphire crystal it's crazy but this is the abyss and and not that's not everyone's cup of tea i get it it is also about a thousand dollars which for a micro yeah. brand is a lot for but guess something. what three thousand meter depth exactly three thousand meter depth so to be able to make a watch that you know is is, is Capable of that, capable to three thousand meters is crazy. So that's that's an extreme showing you what this guy is capable of, and he's still offering it at a fairly reasonable price. It was uh, not listed; they're sold out now, but listed for nine hundred and fifty U.S., which is reasonable for a watch that is that is three thousand meters water resistant. So, um, when we talk about the watch that we're talking about today, we're speaking specifically about the Zelos Mako. Mako, I think it's Mako, Mako yeah. uh, named after the Mako shark, 500 millimeter, or sorry, 500 meter diver, millimeter. 500 diver. millimeter, you can uh, dip it in your sink. Dip it in a, dip in a bowl of cereal and it doesn't, uh, doesn't get corrupted. So why are we talking about this watch specifically? Why is why are there a lot of people online talking about this watch specifically? Because is there a lot of people online talking about it? There are. I really couldn't find much. There, well, I mean, the people who follow Zelos, um, are they have they received their shipments? And I saw th- about two reviews on the watch uh, by people who clearly were fans of the brand. Yeah. Both very pleased with it. The okay. quality of the watch is definitely up there for the value. And what it is about this so this is there's a lot of divers out there but this is a value proposition diver that comes with sapphire crystal mm-hmm. a Salida, uh is it uh, i don't think it's manual wind it's sorry it's a Salida self-winding automatic Salida mm-hmm. sw200 movement yep having a Salida movement in your watch is is a pretty good thing oris does that and oris commands a, a three thousand dollar price tag for most of their watches Salida's in mine yeah, Salida is a, it's a they're great movements. Yeah, they yeah. are yep. out of copyright ETAs. Um, is that what it's called? Out of copyright. I yeah. think so. So, um, so it's got a Salida movement, sapphire crystal. It's got 
ceramic on the bezel, which when you really learn what that means, it's, it's not a ceramic bezel. So it's like it's a, a ceramic a, insert, yeah. which costs maybe $30. But the idea is that that quality was – the thought was put into him. He could have just put a plastic bezel or yep. a metal bezel, but yep. he wanted to put ceramic be, uh, bezel insert. So that's there. Uh, the dial is 3D printed, and it and it and it's got a sunburst, but it also has this weird play on the light. Very cool. It also is uh, is a very subtle look. It's only 40 millimeters, so it, it I think it fits perfectly on the wrist. He sends it to you in a wooden box with a steel warranty card and two different straps, a rubber and uh, and a leather. Yep. And you're getting all of this for, let me just pull up the pricing here. 459 459 However, US. that went up. Right. That was 430 And this is the other thing about Zealous. He, well, maybe you can explain this one a little bit better. You seem like you already know the math. Go ahead. I think it's for every 30 watches yeah. sold, um, the price goes up. Yes. Uh, I believe, for, oh, no, sorry. It, it is increased by $30 for every 20 pieces sold. Exactly. So if you go on their website and you hit shop now, you can see the four Mako 500-meter diver watches. The uh, Steel Meteorite Launch Special, um, that one, I guess, because it's very popular, is already at $600 US. Yeah. Whereas the less popular uh, black and blue bezel is still hovering at 429 Yeah. Um, and it, it'll reach a total, like, once it hits seven, seven, 750 then it's it not going up, up anymore. Yeah. See, but this is my beef with this, with yeah. this brand. Go ahead. So they're a, they're a crowd fund. They, they achieve their sales by crowdfunding yeah. on Kickstarter. Why are you still doing this after you've released this many, this many watches? Maybe they need to. Sure. What are you doing wrong? Well, I think that if you're putting this much, uh, he's putting quality materials into this watch. As far as I can tell, there's not a lot of other watches at this price point that you're getting Sapphire crystal, uh, 500 meter water resistance, uh, and a Salita movement in at that price point. No. I mean, honestly, because let, let, some let, sites have the SKX at full MSRP for this price. Yeah. So, and the SKX, while it is much more of an iconic watch, is far less uh, advanced than this mm-hmm. piece. Even looking at the Squally, if you, if you get like a five, uh, the five hundred Atmos, yeah, that one is around a thousand US dollars. Still, that's double, so the, double price. the price. Double the price. Well, uh, two hundred fifty dollars more at full pop. The don't don't look at these. But I have to look at I know because, because they're offering it at that. But Exactly. But the people who have bought it at this point, no one has yet spent. People have this watch, and no one yet has spent $700. I don't know. I, I, I just have a hard time understanding if why they're still crowdfunding if, if they're releasing they're this many. Like they got to have a right. Uh, how, how is someone like Ming able to do what they can do? Okay. A lot of investors, maybe. I don't know. I think, well, I think that uh, this guy's significantly younger than Ming. He's also, a, he was just recently a student, and I think he just started making watches. I can't really speak to that aspect of it because I'm a fan of Ming beyond, and, and the company beyond just the product that I own. I think that they, they're they very, uh, they're very forward with what it means to be an enthusiast or a watch collector. Right. That's part of the reason why I identify with Ming and part of the reason why I think they tried to be so fair. With the first watch, it was limited production, but they released it in batches of 50, uh, and they gave ample notice, yep. right? You you log on and try and get yours. Since then, they don't do it anymore because they probably pissed a lot of people off who couldn't get their hands on this great valued piece. 
now they don't make limited productions. At least they haven't announced limited production yet. Right. I don't know this guy, uh, what uh, the ethos behind the Zelos brand here is. But all I can see is when I look at the collection, yes, there are many, many watches. There's more watches than I would care for a brand I'm buying into to have. But at the same time, there's there's these gems. Like I think this Mako uh, Diver is an alt- is, is an absolute gem. The, 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 it is beautiful. I can it, justify it, spending that money. I just can't justify buying another watch. Right. So the, the 500 US dollar price tag is yeah. very attractive. That 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 blue dial with the blue bezel and the brown leather strap. Did you see yeah. that one? Yeah. It, it's gorgeous. Yeah. But I have a sense of comfort spending maybe double that with a com- not Squale, but double maybe three times that money with a brand that I that has been around and has proven themselves. Give me an example. I don't know. But then I I, I think I think of Ming as well. Mm-hmm. And if I would have had that same logic like thought or you would have had that same thought process with it, you would have never gotten it. Yeah. And it is a great timepiece. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Just when I see so many watches being released. Yeah, it's kind of unattractive to me. I I definitely see that. Uh and I think actually now I'm, I'm I need I need to see one. Yes, yes. And you have to hold one and, and, and then you can get your value from it there. This one specifically, I like that it's 40 millimeters. It means it's actually smaller than my SKX, mm-hmm. uh, which I think, which is kind of attractive because I think 40 millimeters, 40, 40 millimeters for me is a sweet spot. It's not too small, not too big. Yeah. Um, but again, everyone's wrist is different. Everyone has different preferences when it comes to watch sizes. I just I just like the bang for your buck factor. It's it's for me it's the performance it's the performance piece. You're getting all of those things that you you see listed under the more expensive Swiss Swiss watches. Yeah. Well, we got a Salita movement. We got a sapphire crystal case back, ceramic bezel insert, uh, three sixteen uh, stainless steel used in the case, five hundred meter water resistance yeah. rating, and and a three D printed dial. But you're getting it. In this, where they could easily have asked $1,500 and people would still have bought it. That's my point, is that to get a watch comparable to this one, from a from a brand name, you'd be spending triple the money. Right. And I think that's what a, what appealed to our friend as well. Now, he didn't end up buying it because the still hardest comp- thing. Still complipa- con- ugh, contemplating it to this day. And he has a right to because the prices are only going up. But yeah. the one that he wants is still stay the same. Um, but the... The hardest thing when it comes to micro brands is pulling that trigger. Right. And that, that's what I can't wrap my head around. Because for a lot of people who think logically, and you should think logically when you're spending this amount of money, a lot of thinking logically will stop you from buying an original grain or a Vincero mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But thinking logically makes it hard to pull the trigger on micro brands who are even worth it like Ming and Zelos exactly. because you know that you're not going to have, there's no resale value there. Right. Like I knew when I bought the Ming, I wouldn't be selling it for a thousand dollars. There's no resale value. Uh, there's a war. It says warranty, but you're going to send it all the way back to this guy in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so if the watch doesn't work for some reason, you got to worry about that because it's coming from Singapore and we're in Canada. You got to worry about duties that increase the, the cost and everything here is listed in us dollars, meaning that our, our dollars undervalued. So there's a, there's a lot of things that could, it could become more, um, than, than it's worth type of thing. But I wanted to bring it up because it's a very attractive piece in my opinion, especially if you're a value proposition guy, you hopefully have heard about this piece Yep. and me being a value proposition guy. If I didn't have two divers already, if I didn't have the SKX, I probably would have bought this. Yeah. Yeah. 
because I, I just can't justify having owning both an SKX and this. I was even contemplating selling my SKX to my buddy Dan. Dan, Anthony. if you're listening, shout out. Well, See, he he really likes. Here's it, the but. thing with the SKX. Mm-hmm. What'd you pay for it? Two thirty-five before duties. Never get rid of it. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> for for what it costs. Yeah, and, and I, I'm I'm sorry if whatever like. It's it's not a lot of money for a watch. Yeah, two hundred dollars for for a yeah for what you're getting. I would say right. it's not a lot of money. Yeah. It, to some it, people, two hundred thirty five is ridiculous. Some people are like I can go to can right, go but then you those watch. same people will go out and buy a Michael Kors watch for six hundred dollars. I would hope not. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's not a lot of money because you can get a Vincero watch, you can get a an MVMT watch, you can get a yeah. Michael Kors watch, you can get a Gucci watch for substantially more money. Yeah, it's a it's an inexpensive watch. Like like you said about this. Yes. Yeah. Not worth selling. That's true. I was only I was only lying when I said that I would sell to him. But I thought about it because I thought, well, well that was a voice crack. I thought if I sell the SKX, then I have a reason to buy another diver, and then I could buy this, and, and I was hoping Eric would get it, and then, you know, we, we could we could both have the same watch. That'd be kind of cool. But uh, Wow, cool. I'm like, uncool. Whatever. I know. You have your own thoughts Can on it. Can we talk about another watch by this these people? Yes. That course. has just caught my eye. and. Go ahead. Is glistening. Not yet for sale. It's pre-order. The Helmsman 2. Helmsman 2. I've heard about Click, it's right at the top. this. Oh, wow. Okay. It's so interesting. That is a very interesting watch, and it's got an inner rotating bezel. Am I, am I correct? I don't know. Yeah, that is an inner rotating bezel. It comes in many different colors, by yeah. the way. Yeah, that's an interesting piece. Really interesting. I don't know if I'm in love with the white. So, because you guys are obviously at a disadvantage, you can't see it. But if you go on to Zealous's website here and uh, zealouswatches.com, yes, and look at the Helmsman 2. Okay, click pre order. Where? Mikey, I'm uh, blind. Okay, click Helmsman 2 pre order at the top. Yeah. Click pre order now. Okay. Now put in your credit card information. And my here. address. Get out of here. No, you click, really, click you really on, like this that click, much. Click on the second picture. Yeah, you like the 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 light blue faces on the, the bronze with the with the blue. It's interesting. That looks man. really it's good. It's very rustic. Yeah. But what's you know the what? size on this? Zelos, everyone, buy your Zelos now. I love this. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. It, it, I I never saw this one before, and, and this is very attractive. Oh, another thing that I just saw in the oh. picture that demonstrates very something that the, this brand puts on all of their watches. The loom is very good, and they yeah. put a little loom, uh, a little engraved Z on the crown yeah. that's also loomed. Mm-hmm. That's cool because that's the, I don't know. It just like this is a dive. really cool watch. Yeah, looks like Tron. Tron. I wouldn't say Tron with the loom. Let me get a digital watch. Do you think Tron? They probably didn't have watches. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, the tag I'm wearing right now is developed after the yeah. digital watch. You know, yeah, watch. the Helmsman is an interesting piece. I'd, Very I'd have interesting. To, I'd have to see one in person, though, before I spend uh, $700 US on it or $650 US on it. Um, but it's an interesting piece. So where else do you see something be... like this? So interesting. Yeah, it's very specific, but at the same time, I feel like you can you can find watches that look like this in a catalog. You know what I mean? But... That's just maybe that's just me. I'm ordering it, Anthony. You go ahead, order it, man. No, I'm joking. You need a diver. I do. That's why I need to go back to Panerai. <laughs> oh, and this comes with the Seiko NH35 automatic movement. Very cool. There you go. Double screw down uh, crowns. Yeah. yeah, super luminova. Wow, it's very cool. 
very very cool anyways yeah obviously there's much to learn from zelos zelos um, is a they're a good brand I'm yeah gonna, everything that i Anthony. said everything i said about the them i'm not discounting that they are a good watchmaker mm-hmm. i'm sure they are the, the, the specs are there there's no doubt about it yeah it's just there's so many different ones and the fact that they're still crowd sharing and yeah. crowdfunding sorry yeah i don't know mm-hmm. a lot of their watches are all sold out and they get the yeah no i think they because i think they blew up in the last little bit especially with the mako diver yeah uh but they definitely get the anthony value proposition boom stamp of approval yeah is that a thing that. now yeah boom what, what what stamp of approval do i get uh the cool friends that have a rule mikey no how no like what am i what am i what am i able to stamp oh i don't know uh, the very expensive and not worth your time stamp for approval boom boom <laughs> two stamps um but yeah so just want to share that uh share that watch with you guys and have the little conversation with mikey see what his thoughts were on it and uh i think that, that about wraps up I this week so. and the, the watch topics for this week um but an, like we said earlier an exciting week to come with yes. uh, the start of Basel World, Basel World, and New York Auto Show. Yeah. Uh, for our next podcast, we're gonna be covering. Well, both we'll those. we'll we'll talk to you guys one more time before New York comes. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. End okay. of next week, New York starts. Oh, Basel World starts on Thursday. Okay. This coming Thursday, the twenty second. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, lots to come there. Were some hints at some new Rolexes. Yes. Um, some a new paddock was dropped this week, and they're showing it at Basel. Oh boy. Um, some exciting things. I'm Finally excited. Finally from Rolex. Yeah, this is what the. 10 years now they haven't released yeah. anything new wow that's gonna be exciting well they've released new things they released new of the same watch re- refining certain things watch yeah. um federico talks watches they're basically the, the nissan frontier of watch uh companies <laughs> no uh fred federico talks watches talks a little bit about um some stuff that he heard yes but what's going down with rolex at basil it's kind of interesting very cool right. yeah but um you guys know where to find us yes. on uh, soundcloud forward slash time lapse uh, you can search us on iTunes at Time Lapse Podcast, on Instagram at Time Lapse Podcast, Google Play Store for you uh, Android and Google users at Time Lapse Podcast. And uh, yeah, that about wraps it up. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.